Grace, peace, and mercy be upon you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ on this last Sunday of the church year. Amen. Jennifer, Ellen, and I were talking in the office last week, and somehow we got on the subject of people who have come and gone in this church in the last decade. And Jennifer said, we've been through a lot together. And man, how that is true when you think of all the people we've lost, all the sicknesses and surgeries, all the prayers, all the changes with the school, all the vacation Bible schools we had and other events, the ups and downs of life, sharing the joys and heartaches with all the people working together in the ministry. When you recount all the things you've been through and someone else mentions something you've forgotten about, you realize how easy it is to forget. And this goes for our spiritual lives as well. Though you and I know we're baptized into Christ, it's a daily battle to remember who you really are in Christ. A child of God, no more, no less. You know, many of us probably wake up in the morning and our thoughts immediately go to the day's business at hand. What do I have to do today? What are my appointments? What are my tasks? And so on. We forget who we are in Christ. And it's easy to forget the letter of Jude, too. Just 25 verses, one chapter. But this letter has a very important message for us, especially on this last Sunday of the church year, 2021. It's about not forgetting. Or stated more positively, it's about remembering. Now, this may sound obvious. The church remembers Jesus because Jesus remembers his church. Seems obvious, doesn't it? Remember, though, it's easy to forget. It's happened before that the church has forgotten Jesus. And what happens when that happens? People get reminded. Jude wrote this brief letter around the year 68. That's roughly 35 years after Jesus died, rose, and ascended into heaven. Most of the apostles had died by then, except maybe John and and Jude, who wasn't one of the twelve, was compelled by the Holy Spirit to write to the church in their place. He states his purpose. To remind you, although you once fully knew it, Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Wow, that sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? Why would Jude write something so serious? Because the church had forgotten Jesus. Now, we don't know exactly which church was the original recipient of this letter. But letters like this didn't end up in the Bible we have today unless Christians back then found them useful for, for building faith and building up the church. And if this, if this particular congregation that Jude wrote, wrote to was the only one who had forgotten Jesus, well, then perhaps they would have read the letter and tossed it into the fire, and we wouldn't have it today. But it would appear that more than one gathering of believers found this reminder to be of worth and kept it. More than one little group of Christians understood they've forgotten that Jesus will return as both Savior of those who believe and destroyer of those who don't. Just as it had happened in Egypt when
when God's people were rescued from cruel slavery at the hand of unbelieving Pharaoh and his people who were drowned in the sea. Having forgotten who Jesus is, some Christians perverted the grace of God into their own human desires. And this was probably some sort of weird sex cult thing, which unfortunately still happens today. You know, they turn forgiveness into license to sin. Jude is a call to remember who Jesus is and what he has said, both as Savior and Destructor. And what happens when we forget this? Well, we Christians today see a lot of problems. We see a lot of problems in the world, that's for sure. Let's just take one for example. The civil disobedience and violence in the streets of Portland and other cities. If you're not one to participate in this disobedience, then you might be tempted to distance yourself from the problem by thinking back in time and remembering the good old days when people were more civil and more civic-minded. And you believe the answer to the problem is to return to the way things used to be, or at least try. We do this all the time with all kinds of stuff. We're tempted to believe the solution to the world's problems is someone or something other than Jesus. Remember instead that Jesus and Jesus alone is your Savior and the Savior of the world. This isn't to say we shouldn't actively participate in working to relieve suffering in the world. We should, and we do. But sin hasn't been making the world a better place since the fall of creation. It makes it worse every single day. Every single day is a little bit worse than the last. Because you have to remember the earth and we along with it are in a tailspin of decay. Jesus is the only one who has fully saved you from this world that's destined for destruction. And remember this too. It's not the human race that will destroy the earth contrary to popular opinion. It's Jesus. He made the world. He's going to make it new again. And to do that, he'll destroy this one first. What happens when the church forgets that Jesus will also return as destructor of those who heard about him and yet chose not to believe? Well, the entire Christian church on earth, of all times and all places, has been and continues to be tempted to be comfortable in its ways. Sometimes even in its sins. I'm talking we're all tempted to give ourselves license to live the way we want to apart from what God would have us live like. We're con we convince ourselves that we don't need to change a thing. But remember, Jesus will return as judge. He calls us daily to be sorry for the sins, the things that we've done to hurt other people and ourselves, which have grieved his heart. We are to trust in him, not ourselves, for forgiveness. He calls you and I to a new life, more in line with his word. And he calls us to remember that those who heard, believed, yet forgot and chose not to be reminded will be destroyed on the last day. 
As frightening a prospect as that sounds, how how comforting it is to be reminded that Jesus never forgets you. This letter may be little in words compared to the others, but it's big in its purpose for you. See, God is preparing you and me for the future by pointing us to the past. He's reminding you that He's called you to faith, loves you, and keeps you in the faith. He reminds you He's promised to keep you from stumbling and present you as blameless on the last day. He called you through the waters of baptism where He joined you and all believers to Himself. And He continues to love you by feeding you with the fruits of His cross, namely the forgiveness of sins. He hears your prayers, He answers you, He remembers you. So you remember Jesus today and forever. We remember Him as His church, even if we can't remember all seven activities which you just heard Jude call us to remember in this letter. Do you remember what they are? See how easy it is to forget? (laughs) All right. Do you remember four of them? They come in about the last third of this letter. Well, one, build. Not build Lego, but build yourselves up in your most holy faith. How do I do that, you might ask? Well, certainly not by forgetting Jesus and His church. No, stay in it. Continue participating with it. Hear His Word often and regularly. Two, pray. Pray in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit works and builds faith. So ask Him to do more of that because we all need more of it. Three, keep. Keep yourselves in the love of God, not in the hatred of others. Four, wait. Wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Mercy is what happens when we don't get what we deserve. The Spirit encourages us through Jude's letter to expect mercy from Jesus even though we deserve to be destroyed by Him as judge. Well, there's three more activities, but I went over those in more detail during Bible study before this service. How can you remember all of this? Remember Jesus. These things we do that are mentioned in Jude are responses to to what God has already done in us. For you and I, Christian, remembering is always like this. You can't remember without the past. You can't live according to God's promises to you apart from what He's already done. So remember what He's done especially around this Thanksgiving. He gave up His life for you. He conquered death for you. He sent His Spirit into you that you might believe this and His promises of forgiveness and gain everlasting life. Yeah, we've been through a lot together. That's for sure. Even if my relationship with some of you these past 12 years has been shaking your hand on Sunday and saying good morning, we've still been through a lot together. We've endured the changes of this world together, and there have been many just in the last decade. And we've held fast 
during the continuing worsening of sin and decay in this world. Even the sanctuary is decaying around us, and we're still here. What more is there to come? Well, the world itself and the people who don't know Jesus can't promise us a thing that will save us. But Jesus remembers us. And those who do believe, well, we have promises from God which exceed everything beyond our wildest imaginations. This is what we remember on the last day of the church year. Next Sunday, we begin a new church year with Advent, a new year, a new opportunity to remember Jesus' birth and how he remembered us in coming here to be born as one of us and how he remembers us still every day. May he keep you blameless before all time and now and forever. Amen.